Welcome to the Hidden Voice Podcast with me, your host, Samala Bygraves. This is a podcast for women who are desiring an exploration into shadow work. It is for those who are ready to uncover the wisdom that lives within our deepest fears and the liberation on the other side of transforming the shame and guilt that shrouds our past experiences. Join me and astrologer Danielle every fortnight as we shed light on the hidden parts of ourselves and society that have been kept in the shadows. This is a space for raw conversation, rebirth and transformation. This is where we uncover our hidden voice. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hidden Voice Podcast. I am Samala, your host, and thank you so much for joining me. This week, I am in conversation with Alex Hubble. Alex is a women's health and fitness coach, a podcaster, and works with women who are wanting to grow in confidence, increase their fitness and energy as they transition into perimenopause and menopause. In this episode, Alex shares some of her personal story, her wisdom, and some great insights as to how you can begin to make friends with your body during this phase, rather than feeling like your body is the enemy. If you are a woman who is currently moving into this phase of your life, then this is one for you. It's time we brought perimenopause and menopause out of the shadows and embrace the incredible portal of transformation it offers us. This will also be the last episode of the season as I am now heading into summer holidays and have decided to be spending my time with my children over the summer. But I will be back in autumn with a very exciting project to share with you, along with a series of conversations to walk with you as we move through autumn and into winter. We won't be hearing from Danielle this week, our resident astrologer and counsellor, as at the time of recording, Danielle was on holiday. So I hope you enjoy the episode, the conversation between Alex and I, and I look forward to connecting with you on the other side and of course, in autumn. So here with me is Alex. So we are going to talk a little bit about the personal responsibility and accountability piece that comes with looking after our health and our well-being during the perimenopause and menopause phases of life. So Alex, do you want to just to give the listeners a little bit information about you, who you work with, and kind of where you are in your season of life, personal and professional, whatever you want to share? Okay, so I am a women's fitness and wellness coach. Uh, I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And I've worked with women at all stages, really. I think when I first started, my kids were very small. I had a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And so, you know, naturally I, I worked with a lot of women who were in that same space as me. So pregnancy, postnatal, you know, helping them with pelvic floor, with diastasis or tummy separation, C-section recovery and all those kind of things. And that sort of, I suppose, 
morphed over the years, I guess, because I didn't start off doing all those things. I started off just doing personal training. And the more that I worked with those kind of women, the more I realized that I needed to get myself more educated on those things as well and, and you know, make sure that I could support them in the best possible ways. So that was a lot of my work at that point. And then I suppose that I've got a bit older. <laughs> I'm in my mid-40s now. And my clients have as well, because all those women who were with me when they had babies, their kids are now growing up and they are coming to me saying, oh, you know, what's happening with this? And why do my joints ache? And what's going on here and here and here? And so again, I was like, right, time to up level again and find out for myself as well, because I started going through that perimenopause journey in my early 40s and and at the time didn't really realize that is what was happening. So for me, it's been a journey of myself learning about, you know, what was going on with me and what I needed to change. And then obviously working with women in that space as well. And, that, and I still do work with with the new mums and all that kind of thing. But I suppose, you know, I've just, I've moved more into that kind of 40s and 50s age bracket now as well, so I can support those women. So yeah, it's a real learning curve. I think it's a real learning curve. I think that you know, one of the big things I've learned is that we get away with stuff in our 20s and 30s. And I think that that is the best way I can describe it. Like we think that we're doing okay, but the truth is we're getting away with things. We're getting away with doing too much. We're getting away with not looking after ourselves. We're getting away with drinking too much, eating rubbish, all those kind of things. And it starts to show up in our 40s and then we're going, whoa, what's going on? So, you know, I think that's been a real big learning curve for me as well to get into that area. Yeah, that's a really, I was thinking about this earlier, actually, kind of in, in preparation for our conversation. And I think the education doesn't begin early enough. So if we we don't really think about, or we don't want to think about, or society, you know, I mean, this is, and I think perimenopause, menopause, I feel like it's kind of put into the same category as like death and endings. It's like you're moving into a phase of life, which is dramatically different. It's a very different phase of life. And to I feel that to a certain degree that it's just not, it's not wanting wanting to be looked at. So when we're in our 20s, it's like, oh yeah, like we'll be like this forever. We'll be mm-hmm. in our maidenhood forever. And then it's like you say, it's not, you know, our health and our well-being, we're not thinking about it in terms of I am looking after myself now in order to therefore look after myself in the next phase. Just like how, you know, when you're in each phase of your menstrual cycle, you take care of yourself in each phase in order to have a positive or a, I suppose, an optimal experience of the next phase. So it's kind of like if we were looking after ourselves in our 20s, thinking about how might my body then transition into perimenopause. So I think, you know, I really... I really agree with that. I think it's, we're getting away with stuff and we're not realizing mm-hmm. the impact that our what we do in our 20s will impact our experience of our bodies in our 30s, in our 40s, and obviously perimenopause and, and menopause. So I think before we dive into the subject a little bit more, I think a lot of women are still unsure about exactly what, like, what is perimenopause and menopause? Because I think oftentimes yeah. women are like, oh, I'm I'm experiencing menopause. And then you kind of mentioned perimenopause and they're like, oh, what's that? So maybe for those women who, and men, who aren't sure about exactly what that is and what that means. And if you could kind of give (laughs) 
<laughs> a short, yeah. you know, short description of that phase, you know, and from, you know, through the health and, you know, whatever lens, however you want to describe it and, and maybe your experience of it as well. Yeah, sure. So the menopause itself is actually kind of a moment in time, really. So the menopause, we've gone through the menopause when we haven't had a period for 12 months. So the, the second that you haven't had a period for 12 months, that is when you have gone through menopause. So kind of everything before that is the perimenopause. It's the run up to, it's the approach to. Now, you know, if you look at the, the official numbers on it, it would say that, you know, the average length of your perimenopause is about four years. So starting from when you're about 47 till about 51, which is the average age of menopause. Now, obviously, some women go through it before that. Some women go through that year. You know, I know of women who, are, you know, 58, 59 and still regularly having periods. So, um, you know, the 51 is the mm-hmm. average. If it doesn't happen to you, then then that's not necessarily a problem. It just means that you're not you're not in the average. And most women aren't, right? The average is made up of, of everybody. Yeah. So yeah. that generally tends to be the thing. Mm-hmm. But... Perimenopause mm-hmm. symptoms can start a lot earlier. You know, perimenopause symptoms can start up to 10 years prior mm-hmm. to your final period. So from your early 40s, mm-hmm. you can start to be mm-hmm. noticing changes. Mm-hmm. But because we think of this as something that happens in our late 40s, our 50s, we don't necessarily recognize it at the time. It can also be subtle initially. You know, you can start to have very subtle changes, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. necessarily know that this is what is going on, this is what's happening. And then they start to escalate mm-hmm. and escalate. And I think that you know, this isn't to do down, you know, the medical establishment, but the number of women I get coming to me saying, I was left out of the surgery when I suggested I was perimenopausal in my early 40s, or I was told that I was too young and that couldn't possibly be the thing. It just is actually quite staggering. And, you know, the fact is that a lot of women are going and they're saying, I am experiencing this thing. I need your help. And they're not being given the help because mm-hmm. they are, you know, they're being dismissed mm-hmm. and, oh, well, you'll get over yeah. it or it's definitely, it can't be your hormonal changes. But the truth is that our hormones yeah. do mm-hmm. start to change in our early 40s. Some women will not notice anything going on at all. And they may get may get through to their mm-hmm. mid-50s and they're like, I sailed through it. And then other women have a really bad experience mm-hmm. in their early 40s. I think that, and this is where the education, more education is needed and not relying so much on the medical establishment to be the answer. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed that since turning 35 in the last year, the shift in my hormones and how that is, so my skin, mm-hmm. my hair, my um the elasticity i'm more sensitive to caffeine my ins like so it's like these little like you said this very subtle mm. but if we're not aware and we kind of think oh i'll deal with it when i get to being in my late 40s then i'll worry about it yeah then that's when it's too late and then we're kind of like blindsided right and and i yeah, yeah it's too it's too late in terms of because actually this is experience this this transition is actually it's a very important part of life so but yeah so yeah. so in terms of that so like you say so menopause like you say it's like that moment in time and I guess you can't know mm. that you've experienced menopause necessarily until you've had that 12 months post yeah. your last period so it's almost like you don't know until after the fact that you're definitely yeah. exactly that, yeah. is, that you're done it's almost like but everything kind of leading up to that Everything leading up to that, like you say, is perimenopause. And like you say, you know, the subtle shifts can begin definitely in early Mm. 40s, but maybe even before. Yeah. So what you're saying, so I had my second and last baby when I was 35 and 
after having him, I Mm -hmm. had real issues with my PMT that I'd never had before. You know, and I think looking back on it now, it was almost like, actually, you know, for a lot of us, we have babies a lot later in life these days. I was 35. I know a lot of women who have babies in their late 30s and stuff like that. And you, you kind of almost get this, this direct clash of those postnatal hormone changes with actually the early stages of the, the kind of perimenopause hormonal changes. And I had a really hard time with that for a few years and I kind of coped with it okay, but it was, it was really in my early forties that it came to a head and I realized, God, you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not right. And it's not normal to be feeling like this every month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, definitely I think particularly. Mm-hmm. If you have had babies in your mid late thirties and stuff like that, you can, you have that little clash there and it can be quite tough. It can be Mm. quite tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And like you say, especially when we are still being dismissed and because when it comes to women's health, we Mm. know that the studies and the research and the information is still massively lacking. You know, we, we've not been included in the majority of health studies and you know, these, the general practitioners, like you say, it's not too, this isn't about like bashing or blaming, but they're not specialists in women's hormones. So often the response is, and this was, you know, I had this experience. I went in after having my daughter Iris for a checkup. And then she asked me, oh, are you going back on? Are you, she said, are you going back on to birth control? And I said, well, actually I wasn't on birth control in the first place. So it's no. And then she said, oh, are you sure? Because she said, you can go on the coil and then you won't have to have a period until you're at least 50. And I was like, as in like, as in you won't have to have a period and then you'll probably have menopause. Yeah. So you never have to have a period again if you don't want to have any more babies. And I was pretty yeah. sat there and I was like, and she obviously had no idea at the time, like, you know, who, what I did and what how where mm. I worked. And I was kind of like, I don't want to not experience and experience still having a period. And I also want to look after myself and my body in a different way. And I feel that for a lot of women, it's either they're told that, yeah, that, you know, no, it's probably not that, or you're too young, Mm -hmm. or if they are really suffering, well, then just go on to birth control um, because then that'll regulate your hormones for you. Or antidepressant. Yeah, or antidepressant. And in fact, I believe there was a conversation I was having with somebody where there was medication that was being given to women for hot flashes that isn't even meant for hot flashes. It's meant for something else. So I think that what we're having is it's like a band-aid approach mm-hmm. to something that is completely natural and normal, right? It's like it's meant to happen. We're supposed to go through these transition renew phases. We're not meant to like ignore it and push it to the side. Yeah. But, and I think this is where it's, you know, great where you can kind of like, so taking responsibility so rather than waiting for somebody else to like fix me make it go away how can I actually begin to take the wheel of the ship when it comes to my experience with perimenopause so how did you so first and foremost obviously you'd experience like you said this clash Mm -hmm. of like we are having babies later and our biology hasn't caught up with the way that we live our lives so Mm -hmm. we're still going through these things at the same kind of time so how did you begin to, I suppose, take responsibility for what was happening within you and sort of begin to shift and change the narrative of your experience. And yeah, so just a little bit around that, I guess. So in my early 40s, I, like I said, I kind of been having issues with PMT for a few years post having Josh. And then I, it it just, it came to a head, I suppose, in my early 40s where I was noticing, you know, my periods were getting much longer. They were like nine or 10 days long. I was getting spotting before and after. Mm, My mm -hmm. cycle was 25 days. So I was spending probably about a third of every month on my period. Mm. And then I was probably spending about Mm, another third of the mm -hmm. month 
in the run-up, which was not pretty. Um, mm. <laughs> mood swings, like really deep tiredness, fatigue, uh, you know, like literally times when three, four, five days in a row, I would have to have a nap in the middle of the afternoon. So I was just, I just couldn't cope otherwise. Like I say, lots of mood swings, anger sometimes as well, all those kind of things that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it started to really affect my quality of life, I think, because it was just going on for so long every month. Mm-hmm. And so actually the first thing that mm-hmm. I did was I got some acupuncture. I'd been recommended a lady by one of my clients actually who had PCOS and had said that it really helped to regulate her hormones mm-hmm. in her cycle. So I thought, right, I'm going to I'm going to give this a try as a kind of mm-hmm. a first step in the process. And it actually really helped. Mm-hmm. It helped to reduce the spotting. I noticed mm-hmm. over the first few months of that that mm-hmm. my mood swings improved a lot, my tiredness improved a lot. So mm-hmm. acupuncture it really really helped me out actually. And then the second thing that I did, I mean mm-hmm. I was already kind of exercising regularly, I was already eating pretty well, but the next thing that I did was I looked at my mm-hmm. stress levels because they were high. <laughs> you know, my kids were sort mm-hmm. of still fairly mm-hmm. young, you know, mm-hmm. 5 years ago they were they were primary school age and I was just rushing around all the time and it needed to be addressed. I needed mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. the overwhelm, stop the rush, stop stressing all the time and find some ways to actually look after myself because I think I thought I was looking after myself, mm-hmm. but really I wasn't, you know, it, it was just all push. Mm-hmm. So that is something else that I did. And mm-hmm. then recently looking at my gut health as well, because that that can definitely be a big factor because, y- mm-hmm. you know, your hormones are processed in your gut, your estrogen, for example, we, we've got something called the estrobolome, which is, you know, in our gut and that can regulate and, and excrete hormones. So hormones that have been used up are excreted through the gut. And if that's, so if that's not working mm-hmm. well, then that has a knock-on effect on your hormone levels as well. So all of those things together have been kind of the key things that I've been doing to help address what was going on for me. And yeah, I'm in a much better place now. I'm 46 now. Mm-hmm. And for the last two years, my periods have been really mm-hmm. irregular. So I'm definitely properly in the perimenopause phase because I can't, I don't know from one month to the next when they're arriving basically anymore, but I feel way, way better yeah. in myself. Like I don't, I feel a little bit tired before my period and, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I can feel a bit more overwhelmed normally and stuff like that, but not, you know, it's really yeah. capable with and, and, you know, it's not affecting my life like it used to. So yeah, I've definitely made some big changes there. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it is normal to be a little bit more tired before your period comes because the whole point of the period is to rest. So I think that it's that balance between you are meant to feel different as you move through the course of the month, Mm. but there's a big difference between recognizing like it's time for rest now. It's time, you know, I know that I'm going to rest now versus like you say, like you're either on your bleed and again, anything over seven days, like that's a massive red flag. And then you're probably going to be struggling then with like a knee, you know, becoming anemic and things like this. But then off the back of that, if you're then spending, like you say, then the, the next sort of chunk of time in a very severe premenstrual tension phase and again it is normal to feel different because your brain chemistry Mm. changes but to be feeling like you said how you were feeling like you know deep fatigue deep tiredness like you know irritability like all of those things you know they're all signs that your body's saying like hey like we need Mm. you to look at something so this is where the responsibility piece comes in right so you actually had to look at your life so it wasn't a case of I'm just going to take a supplement and then carry on trashing you know basically beating my body you know come on like keep like you said pushing 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 
you actually had to take responsibility for yourself and be like, right, I am no longer 20. Like, I'm not saying that you had this thought, but it's like, I am not 25 anymore. I can't, or I'm not, you know, in my early 30s anymore. I can't burn the candle at both ends, be in Mm. endless productivity and expect my body to be okay with this. So it's going to say, it's going to force you to rest, which is essentially what your body was doing. Like, we're going to give you a 10-day period because we're going to make you rest. So I think, so how do you, so for you, like, you know, obviously we we kind of spoke about this being the topic of conversation. Mm. So what is it that you're seeing you know, generally with women, like not all women, obviously, but generally like this sort of, is it like a lot, not a lack of, but is there kind of a disconnect between what is Mm. happening with my body is not my fault or I don't need to change anything. I want somebody to give me a magic pill and then I can carry on doing what I've always been doing. So it's that I don't want to take personal responsibility or be accountable for the state that my body's in. So what is it that you've been seeing? Why does that feel like? Why Mm -hmm. does this feel like? kind of, you know, an important topic of conversation for you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where it's not necessarily that women are going, this is nothing to do with me. But what is what I do see happening is that women say to me, I just don't feel, feel like myself anymore. I feel like my... I feel like my body is doing this to me. I feel like I'm in battle with my body. A lot of women are mm-hmm. are saying, oh, I'm putting weight on and I can't manage the weight gain and I can't get rid of it. And this becomes a really big focus. It's like the weight gain, the weight gain, the weight gain. And it's the only thing they're really paying attention to. So there's a lot of that going on. And I, yeah. I think it's I think it's like this. I, I think they just feel like that they are in battle with their bodies, that their bodies are su- have suddenly turned against them yeah. and are doing this thing to them and they don't have any control yeah. over it. And I think that's how a lot of women feel. And I don't yeah. think it's, we will talk about personal responsibility, but I think at that point, it's not necessarily about the personal responsibility. It's about not understanding why this thing is happening. And, mm. you know, the way that I, I always explain yeah. it is I sort of turn it on its head, which is what you were saying, which is that this is not your body telling you or, or working against you or being horrible to you or doing this thing to you. This is your body crying out for help. This is your body saying, please, please mm. start mm-hmm. listening. I gave you those subtle hints and you didn't listen to them. Mm. So now I need you to start listening and I need yep. you to start doing something about this. And I think that once women understand that, it's like a big mm-hmm. like, oh God, right. Okay. Well, that makes sense <laughs> because your mm-hmm. body is like literally at that yep. point yep. screaming at you because you've ignored it for so, so long. And then they're mm. like, and then, but then women are going, yeah. oh, but it's all about yeah. the weight gain, the weight gain, the weight gain. So it's another diet. It's, you know, punishing yourself with exercise, all of those things we've always done. And it's like, you can't do that anymore. It doesn't work, you know, because women are going, but the same things that I used to do don't work anymore. I'm like, well, no, <laughs> they don't. Your body has mm. ha- had enough. It's had enough of being beaten up by you and disrespected, actually. And so now it's time for us to respect, you know, or you to respect me a little bit more, I guess. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing that I've always done, but I'm not getting the same results. It's like, well, actually your body is not the same body anymore. And I think this is where we have this, we're resistant to change and to endings. And in essence, you've gone through, you know, there's the, you know, the death of one phase and now you're entering into a new phase. You know, it's just like we grieve the you know, everyone loves the follicular and the ovula- ovulatory phase because it's the phase where you're the most, 
you know, energetic and and sociable and 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 happy and it's like summer and then everyone's like, oh no, I don't want to go into the second half of my yeah. cycle. That's horrible. So I think it's the same kind of thing. It's like that will resistance to, but I I've always done this. Why is this no longer working? As I put, I'm not. You're not actually the same. But like you say, it's not your body working against you. Your body doesn't hate you. I mean, like your body has no agenda. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's, you yeah. know, it's it's always looking to find homeo stasis so once you have that understanding and I suppose this is where then okay the responsibility and the the decide the decision to change is then on them so it's like okay so my body is not the same so I can no longer like you say like diets and you know extreme exercise and basically piling on more stress in essence is not working anymore so now you have a decision to change the way that you work with your body and the way that you treat your body and what you put in your body and the habits and all the things. So do you find like like how once you've kind of gotten to that point with a woman, how have you found that in terms of your kind of clients is that you kind of find that, that the women that you work with are, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that you don't have that. There's always that resistance sometimes to like, oh, I have to like maybe stop doing this and start doing this. But, you know, how have you found that in terms of your business? Because like you said, you've transitioned from working with predominantly pregnancy and postpartum women to now working with women who are in this phase of life. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you finding working with women in that phase? Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, I think that there are so many, like with everything, there are so many different levels of experience and different experiences that women are having. But I think that the you know the women who I work with who are open to change are the ones who get the best results at the end of the day you know they're they're the women who come out the Mm -hmm. other side saying oh my god Mm -hmm. I've got so much more energy I'm more productive I'm getting more done I feel like myself again Mm -hmm. you know all of those kind of things and it's simply because they have opened themselves up to Mm -hmm. the idea of change and I think like you say we can be extremely Mm -hmm. resistant we can say to ourselves Till the cows come home, yeah, I want to change, and I and I'm ready to do this, and I'm ready. But the truth is that unless we unless we are truly inside, ready to change, then nothing is really. You know, we're, we're going to still go for the quick fixes, and we're still going to go for oh well, I've been doing that for a month mm-hmm. and it's not worked, so obviously that I'm I'm going to give that up. Mm-hmm. Or we go like I say, mm-hmm. well, I'll just do a diet, and a diet will fix it, or I'll just start exercising loads, and that'll fix it. Like. We've got we've got to look a bit deeper, and I think that's what we're not used to doing. Like we're used mm, to mm-hmm. almost battering our bodies, you know, with stress and with mm. not eating well or not eating enough calories or you know whatever it, it might be. And we have a lot of us have lost the connection between ourselves and our bodies. And mm. I think that is the thing that we need to bring back mm. at this stage of life is actually let's get connected mm. again, let's start listening in, and let's start acknowledging what our body is trying to tell us and doing something about it and. You know, for me, there's some foundational things that have to happen before you even think about starting to look at exercise and nutrition is, right, well, what is actually my attitude to this? Because, you know, there's been plenty of research done that the more you know about the perimenopause and the more positive attitude you have, the better time you're going to have of that life phase. If you see it as my body's working against me, I hate this. Why is this happening to me? I don't want this to happen. I don't want my body to change, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have a much, much harder time. And I think as well is, particularly when it comes to things like weight gain, is is kind of accepting that your body is going to change. Our bodies change mm. as we get older. We can't keep being the same size that we always were in our 20s. Mm-hmm. And when you are fighting with yourself to, to achieve that, mm-hmm. you're going to have a really miserable time. 
a really miserable mm-hmm. time. So it's about, you know, mm. setting yeah. setting your expectations, starting to look at, right, well, what what am I mm. feeling about this? Is it negative? Is it positive? And starting to look at the positive side of things. And then it's looking at your stress, mm-hmm. first and foremost, because if you are still running around, doing all the things for all the people, saying yes to everybody, never saying no, never taking any time out, always going and doing, then that is going to affect everything as well. It's going to affect your mood swings. It's going to affect your, you know, whether you exercise or not. Because a lot of women say, oh, I just don't have the motivation to exercise. I just can't be bothered. It's like, well, it's because you're looking after every other aspect of your life before you're looking after you. And so it's almost like, let's take a step backwards and let's go back to a place where I can mm-hmm. actually lay the foundations for creating these these different, better habits going forward that are actually going to support me. So for me, that's a lot of what I'm trying to get across to the women that I'm working with. And those that really take that on board are the ones that tend to do really, really well, you know, and quickly as well. Like, I know it's not a quick fix, but generally, like I do a 12-week perimenopause course, the women that have have really committed to making that change and to looking at their stress and to looking at their attitude to things, normally by the end of the 12 weeks, they feel like different women. They really do. Um, and, mm. you know, they're, they're often surprised <laughs> how quickly it happens as well. So I think that's the key. It's mm-hmm. being, it's being mm-hmm. open and it's being ready to change. Absolutely. And you so you know, I really agree with you. You know, if, if, if you're not like you said, you can conceptually understand like, yep, I need to do this. I need to do that and change this and change that. But unless you really truly are actually ready to change and to accept that, yes, my body is no longer the same body, Mm. that I'm not going to look how I looked when I was 20, that Mm. yeah, nothing will actually change because Mm. it is a, it's an internal it's an internal decision that, yeah, I need to, you know, I need to change my behavior and I need to perhaps start having different actions. Mm. There was something that you said, which, and now I can't, oh yes, and this connection to self. And again, this for me is very reflective of, you know, if we think about the overarching life phases and we think about for, for women, and if we think about this in the micro and the macro, so, you know, during the luteal phase, you have, you know, deeper levels of like, connection to your emotions you have more empathy there's more of an a sensation of going inward and there's often a lot of wisdom in that phase you know the wild woman phase it's very much about what is going on for me it's about letting go of things it's about analyzing like is this still important to me is this not important to me and in a set in, in, in essence if we think about the perimenopause phase this is a huge transitionary phase where you're essentially looking around at your life going okay what am I doing with my life? Do I still want to be doing this? Do I want this stress? Mm. Do I want to let go of this stress? So like you say, Mm. it can be an incredibly informative time if you pay attention. But if you're not paying attention, then your body will let you know. Like I remember having this conversation with the client. Like she was like, every single luteal phase, I feel exactly the same way about this person in this situation. I'm like, yeah, that's because Mm. that's your truth, right? That's your truth. At that point in your life, like in that phase of your cycle, you have such strong intuition. Your intuition is so strong. And then during your bleed, it's like letting go of of, of everything and allowing Mm -hmm. for that to, you know, so I think you can have this really deep point of like, what am I doing with my life? 
you know, who do I want to spend my time with? Do I still want to be exercising in this way? You know, mm. do I still want to be, like you say, rushing around and pushing and saying yes to everything and ignoring myself? Or do I want to use this time to really connect and to, you know, mm. uncover like, who am I in this phase of my life? Because this is the other thing you are not the same person, you know, Mm. you've psychologically, you have changed, you know, emotionally, you've grown, you've had children, like if you've had kids, like that changes you. So Mm. yeah, it's, you know, it is more than like you say, it's the, there's so much focus on the physical change, the weight gain, the fact that we look different, but actually underneath that, there's so much gold in Mm. this transitionary phase of this phase of life. So yeah, and I think as well, like you say, it, it can change. Like when you start to put the work in, it takes a few, you know, a good few cycles and you do just dramatically from one period to the next if you start mm. to make really small changes. So I think it can it can happen. It can happen faster than you think it can happen, but obviously then it's the long-term continued commitment to it. So yeah, and I just think, you know, it's it's... I think that this whole conversation is so important because I think, you know, younger women, and this is where like, you know, I don't know if you talk about, you know, obviously I'm I'm assuming that you probably talk about health and responsibility and all these things with your sons. But, you know, I feel like these conversations, especially for girls, you know, more so because of the, you know, obviously going through this is knowing about it, you know, before they've even, like my girls, you know, I talk about periods and and health and what my body's going through like when I'm on my period I'm like mommy's resting you know I've got my period like they just they have this like oh okay so and it's not a bad thing it's just like oh this is this is what happens when you get older Mm -hmm. kind of thing Mm -hmm. so you know would you say like I mean obviously you've given some amazing wisdom already which is essentially like you know if you are open to change and you're open to understanding about and really learning about your body like you say if you really understand what's happening and have that basis of understanding and then rather than seeing it as my body's out to get me actually I can embrace this transition I can embrace this incredible time you know then actually it can be yeah it can be a really we use the word positive experience of you know not to say that it's not going to be challenging because I'm sure you know it is you know letting go of things and 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 you know obviously seeing the changes in your body can be challenging so yeah what would be your sort of I guess if this if a woman is listening and she's perhaps experiencing well actually yeah first and foremost like would you say like what are some of the main signs for would you say for a woman like okay yeah you might be going starting to go through like those subtle changes and then where well obviously get in touch with you but you know where to begin just kind of noticing paying attention to her body and then perhaps getting in touch with somebody like you to kind of start to support so I mean I think that literally whatever stage you're at learning to listen in is going to be a good thing right so whether you're in your early 30s or your mid 50s or your early 40s like it doesn't really matter you know we all we all could do with listening in a little bit closer and and you know listening into what is actually going on and what our body is trying to tell us i think is number one i think you know that in terms of the actual sort of symptoms and things that people might notice i mean part of the problem is that the symptoms can be really wide ranging like we think of menopause as night sweats and hot flushes yeah but the truth is that for a lot of women that I talk to that actually is is nowhere you know even if it's happening it's not necessarily 
at the top of the list for them. I mean, it is for some women. I think some women really struggle with that. But for a lot of women, it's that's not what it is. For a lot of women, it's about anxiety and it's about mood swings and, like I say, the weight gain, although questionable whether it's the hormones that are causing the weight gain or whether it's lifestyle. And I think probably I'm going to lean a bit more towards lifestyle on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things going on, you've got anxiety uh, and things like that start to really creep up on you. You've got things like, you know, dry skin, you have got vaginal dryness potentially, you know, your lack of sex drive, you know, lower libido, all those things can be going on for you as well. Achy joints, those kind of things. So there's, there's lots and lots of different things that can be happening at this stage of life. And I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. women, yes, they need to listen into the, to those symptoms but also like get proactive just get it doesn't don't wait until they get really Mm. bad don't wait until you know you're feeling rubbish waking up every day like do something in advance and start thinking about this as soon as you can Mm. basically because the better Mm -hmm. you look after yourself now Mm. the better of an experience you'll have in the future as well so but then obviously there are going to be women out there who are going but I'm in it now and you know I need to do something about it Mm -hmm. and I think you know number one is don't be scared of it you know this I think we we mm-hmm. have a lot of resistance to this change happening and we want it to not mm-hmm. be happening to us, particularly when we're having a lot of symptoms. But it is happening. You know, there's there's nothing we can do to change that. We are getting mm-hmm. older. Yeah. We're having symptoms. We're going through the perimenopause. Our periods are eventually going to stop. All of those things are happening to us. So rather than getting into battle mode, start thinking about how you can start to make friends with it, how you can start to take this as an advantage in life. Like, you've got that wisdom, right? So start to use it a little bit more um, and start to tune into it a little bit more for yourself as well, because that's going to make a huge difference going forward. So, you know, doing Mm. that, number one, I think number two is, you know, like I say, looking at your relationship to, to the perimenopause, but also your relationship to yourself, because truthfully, a lot of us do not have Mm. a great relationship with ourselves. We say mean things to ourselves all the time. We have a go at ourselves for putting weight on and for lacking willpower we can endlessly have a go at ourselves about all sorts of things. And I think that if ever there was a time for you to start accepting yourself as you are and making friends with yourself, it is now. That doesn't mean that you can't change. It doesn't mean that you can't improve. It doesn't mean that you can't do better and be better. It just means that you've got to accept where you are right now. Like everything that you've done in your life has led you here, right? There's nothing you can do to change that. Mm-hmm. You can change it going forward, but you're not yeah. going to change that when the th- you feel really negative, horrible things about yourself because you will continue to treat yourself in a way that tells you, I feel negatively mm-hmm. about you and I don't like you very much. Um, so the best yeah. thing you can do is start yeah. to be more accepting of yourself because you, you're going to treat yourself better if that is the case. So I think those yeah. are the foundational yeah. things. And I think that, you know, sometimes I think women just want me to tell them, well, if you eat this, this and this and do this exercise, everything's going to be okay. But uh, I can't. <laughs> and I won't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's some mm-hmm. other deep <laughs> stuff that yeah. has to happen first before you can really do those things for yourself as well. So I think I think it's start, it's starting there. It's it's learning mm-hmm. to tune in. It's learning to make friends with yourself. It's learning to make friends with this mm-hmm. life phase. And if you can start to do all of those things, then you know things start to change for you in terms of your attitude and the results that you get as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is just to kind of finish. I think you know just to kind of re- like so. 
and this is what I, you know, I went through this myself as well. And yeah, lots of women that I've spoken to and men as well, you know, it's, it's not gender specific is, oh, when I look a certain way, when I lose the weight, when I, you know, when my body looks a certain way or whatever, I'm this way, then I'll love myself. Right. Yeah. So it's like, no, you have to, you really, truly, and this is the experience that I went through. Right. So my, you know, I've always exercised, I've always done X, Y, and Z, but it was always from a place of, I am punishing you because you are letting me down. Whereas now, mm-hmm. because I had to learn to love and accept myself as I was in the moment, how I looked, everything that was happening in and out. Once I accepted myself and loved myself, then my actions dramatically changed. And the way that I treat myself now is reflective of how I feel about myself. And actually, therefore, my body is a delayed representation of that. So I think, yeah, you know, if you really, truly accept yourself as you are, whatever weight you are, however you look, whatever your body's doing, if you can love yourself in that most like rock bottom of place, then then you really will truly start to make the changes and actually treat your body in a way that is loving and, and kind. So yeah. yeah, I think um that's such a really, really great point to kind of end on. So I'll put all of your details obviously will be in the show notes. But you know, how can women work with you? So what's the, you know, if these are women who are whether or not they're wanting to kind of perhaps start to future proof, maybe they're in, you know, not nothing much happening yet, but maybe they're like, oh, maybe I do want to start like thinking about this and and you know, understanding this a little bit more. Or if they're in the full throws, how can they work with you? What's the kind of, what would be the number one way, I guess, that women would could start to work with you on this? So, well, there's a couple of things. I think number one, if you want a free resource, then you can come and listen to my podcast, which is The Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Yes. Uh, so you can go find mm-hmm. that definitely. And that's yes. got loads of stuff in it, including some perimenopause episodes I did a while ago. And then if you want to find out more about me, then I would go to my profile on Instagram. That's at Alex Chickfit. That's A-L-I-X Chickfit. And and you'll find stuff on there. I update on latest podcast episodes and things like that. And you'll be able to find out more about the programs that I run. So I've got an online perimenopause course. I've got an online fitness membership as well. So there's a couple of different ways that you can definitely work with me there as well. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll pop all of the links to that in the show notes. And yeah, like just if you're listening in and this is where you're at, I would 100% recommend getting in touch with Alex and beginning your kind of journey of really understanding this phase of life. So thank you so much, Alex. And um, it's been a real pleasure and we will hopefully have you on again soon. Lovely. Thank you very much. If you're listening to this, then you've made it to the other side of the Hidden Voice podcast. And we want to thank you deeply. As some of you may know, I've birthed my first book this year, Spiral. It's my personal memoir of rebirth, reclaiming my voice and facing my shadow. Head to the show notes for how you can get your hands on a signed copy of my book. And if you would like to continue the conversation, subscribe to the show and be sure to share and review this episode.